0: Time to go to the celebrity hotline here, presented by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. The governor of your Los Angeles Lakers, after that big win yesterday, Jeannie Bus joins us here on Sedano and LZ here on 710 ESPN.
1: You know, you talked about the trickiness of this season, and obviously, you know, we're all prayerful for the people who have dealt with the pandemic from various fallout positions. But the Lakers, along with other tenants of the Staples Center, decided to continue to pay the hourly workers uh, through the end of the regular season, which was tremendous and obviously wasn't required by any of you at all. Can you talk a little bit about how important it is for you um, and the Lakers in general to just take care of your family during all of this?
2: Um, you know, it's it's something that my father um, always felt the, the power of sports to unite a community and bring people together and and be a family and look out for each other. And while this pandemic is like nothing any of us has experienced, because it's once in a generation, once every 50, 100 years, something like this happens, we're still trying to figure everything out. But um, it was important to us to try to do our best to take care of as many people as we could, and we're all trying to figure out you know, what the, the new normal will be or when we can get back to normal. Um, but in the meantime, we're, we're trying to always having the priority of keep, keeping people safe and you know, trying to do as, as best we can under circumstances that non, no one ever predicted.
0: Jeannie Buss, the governor of your Los Angeles Lakers with us here on 710 ESPN. You kind of made reference to it earlier, but how bittersweet is the success here juxtaposed with not being able to enjoy this with your Laker fans and the community at Staples Center?
2: I mean, it is bittersweet because in some ways, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel right. But in some ways, it's the only thing that feels right, that we have Laker basketball again and that we have great Laker basketball um, to bond us together. So even though I was alone with my dog in my house screaming, I could hear other people in the neighborhood screaming and cheering. Um, So, you know, even though we're socially distanced and a little isolated, we're still Sharing an experience that makes us Laker Nation, that brings us together. I, and uh, go ahead. No, I
0: would say I thought it was great that you could hear your neighbors screaming, too. That's awesome. <laughs> it, 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 it is. It's
2: it is like, a you know, everybody has talked about it today, where they were, what their reaction was. I had uh, somebody send me the, like... Um, uh, Nest camera of, like, the moment they the, the game was over and, and her daughter, you know, jumping up and down. It was really, uh, you know, we all felt something at the exact same time, and it was joy and happiness, and it is a good day to be a Laker fan.
1: Well, I just want you to know, I, too, was screaming after the shot, but only because I spilled my drink in celebration of the shot being <laughs> hit. Um <laughs> It was a really good margarita. I was very upset by that. Yeah. Um And it was Shinkoro
0: Tequila, of course,
1: that you used. No, 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 I can't I can't afford that. I'm waiting for Genie to hook me oh, up.
0: Oh, stop that. Yeah, Get yeah, the Añejo. Yeah. you can afford it. <laughs>
1: um, what would you say for you for you personally is the hardest part about having this postseason basketball being played in the bubble?
2: Um, I just I feel the sacrifice that the players have made and the coaches and all the staff that are there, they've been there, you know, over 60 days, um, you know, isolated away from their homes, their pets. Um, You know, some of the family members got to come in and visit, which I I think was very meaningful and helpful. Um, So I appreciate their sacrifice and what they've done to help us try to 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 have a championship this year. and if if you look at the calendar, we're coming up on exactly a year ago that we started this season uh, back in October of last year with a preseason trip to China. And you know to think that we're still playing this season is so odd. and you know, but I'm so proud of the players and their sacrifice and and you know, and, and putting on some of the best basketball I've ever seen. And uh, it's really a testament to them as professionals, um, their dedication to their craft.
0: Jeannie Buss with us here on 710 ESPN on Sedano and LZ. Uh, obviously, LeBron James has been great for almost two decades, but what is it like to have him on your team and watch him perform for the Lakers?
2: I You know, having a player like LeBron James is. You know, I, it's it's. He makes me so proud. Um, the, his work ethic, um, his dedication to the game, uh, what he brings day and night um, is inspirational to his teammates, to the staff, um, to the city. Um, I couldn't be more proud that he's a, a Laker, and you know, he's setting new records. Uh, even at this stage in his career, and he's just been um he's just been wonderful to work with.
1: I don't know if you know or not, but um your nephew Roddy and I have texted you know over the the months or whatever and you know I was just asking him what is he looking forward to when the pandemic is free and we kind of made jokes about being able to shop and wear decent clothes again what are you what are you most looking forward to once? you know, the world does open back up again the way they were used to to it
2: being. I mean, honestly, and I'm gonna cry, it's like I just miss hugging people. I just really miss you know, that connection with my friends and Laker fans, being at Staple Center, seeing um the people that have been I've been so connected to all these years and I, I think we all feel it. And uh you know it's it's been trying for everybody, and I look forward to seeing people's faces again and being able to hug them.
0: Jeannie, I, I don't mean to make you potentially cry again, uh but what would what do you think Kobe's reaction would be watching this team right now?
2: Kobe loved Lakers basketball and he loved winning, so it's the perfect combination. Um, you know, that's, that's what, that was a standard that Kobe set. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the Laker team that, that, uh, played last night, um, all throughout these playoffs, all throughout this season, I mean, to go from not being in the playoffs last year to leading the Western conference, uh, is really an accomplishment. And I think that's exactly what Kobe would want to see and, and, you know, I think he made them last night. The team really made him proud.
1: You know, one of the things that I think the national media in regards to Kobe missed in the story was his impact on the franchise beyond just the players that, you know, he grew up basically before your eyes, before your, your, your team's eyes. Uh, how, has, how hard has it been for you as a leader of this franchise to help your staff? navigate through this tragedy even as you're barreling towards a finals uh, appearance perhaps?
2: Well, you know, it's um, he, Kobe left a legacy for us. And so being together um, through Laker basketball has kind of helped all of us as, you know, as uh, Laker Nation came together to mourn him, uh, at Staples Center, and um, you know, I I know what Kobe meant to to us, to to Laker fans, to this to the city of Los Angeles. But the outpouring from athletes all over the world, even continuing today, he really was so generous with his time, and and um, advice, and and you know. I mean, I know that's what he meant to me. That's what he did for me. I didn't realize how generous he was with so many other people. And, you know, we all lost somebody special, irreplaceable. Uh, And, you know, I I think about just the, the basketball knowledge that he was sharing with this next generation of NBA players. Um, when they talk about their interaction with him and, how, and his ability to, to share and be so generous with the things that he learned. And even, um, you know, um, watching Naomi win the U.S. Open and her saying in her conversations with Kobe um, that, you know, he, she said, I want to be as good as you. And he said, no, you're going to be better. And that, that kind of motivation and those kind of things, what a, a, a beautiful human being. And we we all lost somebody that is irreplaceable. And, you know, we'll, we'll feel that loss forever.
1: Absolutely. He, he meant so much to so many of us um, for a variety of reasons. Very, very wise words, Jeannie. I just want to leave you with a pick-me-up because I don't want you feeling you know, by yourself during this. Schitt's Creek won a whole bunch of Emmys last night. It's a hilarious show. If you haven't seen it, trust when I say it will lift your spirits up high.
2: <laughs> L.D., you, you missed it. We had the whole cast came, came to a game last year. What? Season, but the, yes, the whole cast sat with us. They were so much fun. What great people so talented and and have given so much enjoyment with that show but what they're just fun they're they're you know they were they had a blast watching the lakers play and um you know so i i was thrilled to to watch them uh take home the hardware last night <laughs>
0: Well, and LZ just likes to say the name because we could actually get away with it on radio for a change. I think that, that that's as big a reason as to why he, he enjoys the show.
2: Funny. That's funny. That's good. That's good comedy. Do you mind if I use that for my next stand-up?
0: Yeah, go right ahead. As, as long as we're invited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'd love to be there for it for sure.
2: Hey, Jeannie, thank
0: you so much for making time for us. We really appreciate it. I know there's still a long way to go here, uh, but we wanted to congratulate you, your staff, and everyone involved with the Lakers. Uh, You guys navigated through some challenging times, and you're finding yourself again competing for championships, rightfully so, as the crown jewel of the NBA. So thanks again, and hopefully you scream six more times and scare your dog six more times here, okay?
2: I know. Okay, I agree. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you.
0: Take care. There's Genie Bus, the governor of your Los Angeles Lakers, with us here on Sedano and L Z on 710 ESPN.
2: All
1: right. So Why a lot of How t- did I miss that, George? The entire cats from Shit's Creek was at a Laker game and I wasn't there. What the hell?
0: Yeah, LZ, we gotta go. Karen has been waiting for a long time to do traffic, so we can talk okay, about this fine. on the other side.
3: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple.
0: Yeah, Monday afternoon quarterback brought to you by Corona Extra. Our game day beach is back. Always enjoy the game with Corona Extra, an official cerveza of the Los Angeles Rams. Shout out to Jeannie Buss for joining us earlier there and hey. uh, excellent work by you, LZ, uh, working in Schitt's Creek. Uh, I also will try to say Schitt's Creek a lot today because I know it'll make Greg Bergman uncomfortable, the corporate time-stealing weasel uh, over there in the studio. But
1: either it's way. Not, let- it's not our fault, George. They named the show the way they named the show. We're just it reporting it. it. it it's is.
4: funny, too. It's Laura gets more worried about it than I do
1: i right, do because, because
0: of the dump button
1: right mm-hmm. yeah. all right let's
0: get into this stuff though uh rams and eagles our first game here lz and man i'll tell you this uh the rams are for real goff looks like a different guy get this lz 17 first downs on 28 dropbacks that's incredible stuff right there. McVay has gotten more aggressive. His decision to go on fourth and one from their own 29, by the way, increased their chances of winning that game, which got tight by 8%. Van Jefferson, as we mentioned, looked good. And on the flip side, oh boy, Eagles fans. The Carson Wentz thing, the injury, I don't know, man. He doesn't look like the same guy. He ranks 19th in pass efficiency since 2016, LZ. He just... Uh, it has cost him, I think, some. But overall, the Rams, they are for real, I think.
1: Well, first of all, I don't really care about the numbers when it comes to Carson Wentz. What I care about is the locker room. And when they came for him, when the national media came for him, you did not see his locker room to defend him. So that told you everything you needed to know about the culture in Philadelphia right now. But as far as the Rams are concerned, y'all owe me and all the Rams fans, and apologize. Because you thought this was a bad team. You thought that Jared Goff wasn't a very good QB. You thought when they lost guys like Todd Gurley that they were going to revert back to the Jeff Fisher years because you disrespected what Sean McVay brought to the table, who Jared Goff is, and the mentality of that locker room. I'm not shocked by any of these first two games. I won't be shocked by the conclusion of this regular season, which should be north of 10 wins. And when people go, damn, where did the Rams come from? I go, no, 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 no. It's not where did they come from. It's why, why weren't you there to begin with? The Rams didn't go anywhere. They've always been a good team.
0: Yeah, Greg, it's basically for you.
4: It's Uh, been two games.
0: Yeah. Oh, look at you getting all salty. Next, next game. We've got Chargers and Chiefs. So, the Herbert era may be beginning. We don't know. Uh, We're still trying to figure out the Terod Taylor situation. He is game to game at this point, aren't we all? Uh, Chargers defense, by the way, still looks fantastic even without Derwin James. They continue to do a really nice job against Kansas City. Uh, However, Anthony Lynn, as much as I love him, LZ, and I know you love him too, I didn't understand the punting it back to Kansas City on a fourth and one in overtime. Like, I just thought that that was a, a, an egregious mistake in that situation.
1: And I disagree. And I had this conversation with Plaschke as well. I felt that going forward in the fourth and one in that situation are the kind of things that a team that doesn't believe in his defense would do. And that if you believe in your defense, you go, yeah, because we're going to get the ball back. Now, obviously, it didn't work out in their favor. And, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. But I love the fact that he believed in his defense so much, he thought, yeah, we can give this to Patrick Mahomes and we're going to be all right. Why? Because they held Patrick Mahomes with overtime included to 23 damn points. So I don't have a problem with him doing what he did because he believed his defense was up to the task. And honestly, there was nothing about yesterday that said that they weren't up to the task.
0: Yeah, I just think you're only going to hold that guy so many times. So I would disagree with that. But we can move on. Next. Patriots and Seahawks. LZ Granderson. Man, I said this last week, and people thought I was overreacting. But and Belichick, even in a loss, looked to be formidable. Get this, though. There's a lot of talk today about why did they run the ball with Cam and bop, 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 bop in that situation. You know, you could have done something different, yada, yada. Well, in 19 career attempts for Cam Newton at the one-yard line, that is the first time that he has actually lost yardage. doesn't mean that he scored all 19 times. It just means the first time he's actually lost yardage uh, look, sometimes you got to tip your cap to the other side, but I'll get, I'll say this: Cam looks more accurate than he's been in a long time. Cam looks more comfortable than he's been in a long time. The Patriots have an identity, and on the flip side, Russell Wilson might be the best quarterback in the NFL, and we don't bring that up enough.
1: Well, I don't know if he's the 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 best QB, but he certainly is the MVP QB. There's only one team in the league so far who has scored more points through two games, and that's the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And they just played the Detroit Lions, so I don't even think that counts. Right. The Seahawks have scored more points than anybody so far. Anybody, including a Bill Belichick defense. A defense, by the way, that many thought was going to be the strength of that team. Right. Russell Russell Wilson, rather, is the MVP thus far. He should have been a a stronger consideration for MVP last season, and I think this year they make amends for it.
0: Uh, Next – Cowboys and Falcons The Cowboys had a monster Comeback in this one Um, However they were lucky it was the Falcons Why do I say that? Because what the Falcons doing on that onside kick? Don't you know the rules? You can pick up the ball <laughs> if you're the defense. <laughs> like, I don't understand how every. I can imagine. You know how Jeannie Buss was saying everybody was screaming at the same time when AD <laughs> hit that shot? I would imagine all the football fans watching that game had a similar reaction except in reverse. Here's a stat for you, LZ. 440 teams in NFL history before uh, yesterday's game had a 39-point lead and zero – or, excuse me, had scored 39 points and had zero turnovers. The previous 441, the Atlanta Falcons are the first team ever to lose a game in such fashion. Matt Ryan has lost five games in his career with a 125-plus passer rating and 250-plus yards in a game. No other quarterback in NFL history has lost more than three such instances.
1: So, there are a couple things at play here. First and foremost, I've been saying it for a minute, the team needs to be broken up. It needs to be broken up because they're still The Falcons, carrying, you're saying. Yes, the Falcons, yeah. because yeah. of what happened to them in the Super Bowl. And I just think you just need, that whole locker room needs an enema. Number two, you didn't lose the game because you didn't pick up the football on the onside kick. You lost the game because you took your foot off the gas when you had them down. Sure. And But the onside if, kick was pretty awful. But well, the offside kick was the period to a very egregious sentence. I would say an exclamation say point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, exclamation point. <sighs> I, was just, I was just sitting there like, why are you even in this position to begin with? Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Absolutely fair. All right, next.
0: <laughs> the Niners and Jets. The Niners lost a ton of guys, LZ. We talked about it earlier. They lost most of their running back, Jimmy G, Nick Boza. Uh, yet they still dominated this game. Uh, something to keep an eye on, though, obviously, in a ridiculous, ridiculously tough division for the Niners with the Rams and the Seahawks and even the Cardinals, who we'll get to later. Uh, the Jets stink, by the way. Adam Gase is a joke. And if you don't understand what a joke means, he's lost 28 games by double digits already in his short coaching career. Just to bring context to this conversation <laughs> Between 2001 and 2020, the New England Patriots have lost 29 games by double digits over 19 (laughs) years. I don't even know how to evaluate Sam Darnold right now because they have no weapons and a terrible coach.
1: The first thing I texted to Key about halftime was that we need to orchestrate some sort of trade because we got to get Sam Darnold out of there. Yeah. Before he gets ruined. Number two, I don't know how the hell Adam Gaze got rehired based upon his performance. And then number three... Um, it's the Jets. Yeah. They're the Clippers East. Pretty much.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Next. Next.
0: (laughs) Ravens, Texans. Man, the Ravens are freaking bullies, man. They have so many nasty, tough grinder types. And they come at you in waves, too, on offense and defense. Not to mention, the MVP looks even better as a passer this year than he had previously. And my other reaction to Houston is basically poor Deshaun Watson. His coach is a terrible general manager. And it's going to hurt his career, barring luck, or that he gets fired. Uh, but that's pretty much my, my analysis on on Houston.
1: Yeah, listen, this game really was about watching the Ravens and you know whether or not you thought that Lamar Jackson was ready to make that leap in the postseason. We already know what he can do in the regular season. We already know what he can do on the road. We know what he can do at home. We know we can do against great teams, bad teams. We have all that information. What we don't know is whether or not this man can win in the postseason. As far as the Houston Texans goes, as bad as they looked at times these first two games, they might still win that division. So right. that's, that's just where the AFC South is, yeah. and yeah, it is the what Titans it is. are
0: good though. Titans look good, I thought. Yeah, they're they're goodish. They're yeah, good-ish. They're, they're not bad. Uh, all right, next. <laughs> Tom Brady and the Bucs took on the Panthers. Brady still didn't look great. I thought timing was an issue. They had a ton of drops, too, the Bucks receivers. Uh, the Bucks overall talent basically propelled them in this one with a Panthers team that lost McCaffrey and is basically bereft of a lot of talent in, in general. Uh, Leonard Fournette, though, uh, was a highlight for the Bucs. Yep. 100 yards on only 12 carries and two touchdowns. So I, I think that the Bucks are still a work in progress, LZ. There's no doubt.
1: Dog, there was a flea flicker play. I don't know if you saw it or not. But it was a clear touchdown right? with someone who had good arm strength. And the fact that that poor receiver had to step back and wait for the ball to get there from yeah. Tom Brady. He doesn't
0: have it, nope. He doesn't
1: have it, man. And I was like, damn, Yeah, life comes at you
0: fast. No doubt. He hasn't had great arm strength for a long time, though. Next. Speaking of great arm strength, the Cardinals and Washington. Kyler Murray, LZ, he may be my new man crush here. He can literally do it all. He throws the ball uh, on a rope, he uh, he can run. He's got great touch already for a young guy. And it's possible that him and DeAndre Hopkins could be the most lethal quarterback-wide receiver combo in the NFL already. Uh, I did like that Washington fought back, but they got a long ways to go. But good God, Kyler.
1: Oh, boy. That's my new boo. Dude, it was good God, Kyler, last season. People looked at the record and just thought it was the same old Cardinals. But if you looked at the individual games, and as someone who spends a great deal of time out here, and I've been to a number of his games this rookie year, I can tell you that that team was coming. Yeah. Now, I don't know what this rest of the season is going to look like, but Kyler Murray, despite his size, is a big-time player. Yep. No question about it. Next. (laughs)
0: Last game for you. Packers
1: and Lions. Yo. Oh, Jesus, no. Next.
0: No, LZ, do do you remember when people said that Jordan loved that that whole thing would motivate Rodgers? Well, it turns out they were absolutely right. Good Lord, he looks as good as he's ever been as a passer. And he has one wide receiver worth a damn, and that guy got hurt uh, in in the game. Devontae Adams, they had a, a great running attack yesterday, too, to help him. But man, did he look great, and boy, did the Lions look really bad.
1: Yeah, back-to-back 40-plus scoring games against division rivals is exactly the way you want to start the season if you're Aaron Rodgers. But just like the Rams, I felt as if their their final outcome in terms of wins and losses clouded what they really were. I really felt as if people who thought Aaron Rodgers were also on a decline weren't really looking at what he was working with and right. what he was doing. Yep. I don't think he's made a comeback. He's always been here.
0: That is the Monday afternoon quarterback brought to you by Corona Extra. Again. Our game day beach is back. Enjoy the games with Corona Extra and official Cerveza of of the Los Angeles Rams. All right, coming up next, got to get back to the Lakers and their big win. The LeBron MVP chatter. Does he have a point? And LZ's got a Clippers eulogy. Clippers eulogy for you before we end the show. We are off at 6 today because Mm -hmm. the Sean McVay show is coming up at 6 o'clock in 20 minutes. So we got a lot to pack in in one more segment. We'll be back in less than two minutes.
3: The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Thanks again to Jeannie Buss who joined us earlier. If you missed that interview, you can always subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast. And you really should subscribe anyway, to be honest with you, right? You really
1: should. What the hell? If you want to be happy.
0: Right. And you want to find out why Greg Bergman bought a couch but doesn't actually use it and sits on the floor to watch games. You can have that part of the conversation.
4: It's Uh, very comfortable on the floor. I don't know what's wrong with you
1: guys. No, actually, what's wrong with you? If it's so comfortable on the floor, why do you buy a couch to begin with? Well, I can Correct. still
4: sit on the couch whenever I feel like it, but during the games, I like being on the floor. It's a very comfortable spot for me.
1: Is it like a? Are you, is it like just a
0: juju thing? Like you're doing it because it's like a superstitious thing?
4: No, I did that in my teens. Not so much anymore. I just, I just am comfortable there. The dog comes up and sits with me. It's, it's a very
1: comfortable spot. Well,
0: do you have like easy. any superstitions when you watch games, LZ, Other than alcohol?
1: Um, well, first of all, alcohol is not a superstition. It's a crutch.
0: What about a uh, like a specific alcohol? Do you drink like a specific alcohol for certain games?
1: Yeah, just available. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even George sometimes bro, I'm about to be real gully with you for a second. Yeah. Sometimes the cocktails don't even have ice in it, man. I don't have time for the ice maker. I just got to just pour quick and just get back in front of the TV. Yeah. By the way, the Raiders are down like what? 9 to 0, 10 yeah, to 0. Yeah, 9 to right 0. Now. Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown just Yeah, now. you might as well stay on the floor. It's just, not funny. You know, Greg since, you know, don't you lose if they like don't win or something like that? Well, with
4: the standings right now, uh, I would lose the week. Laura would win the week. So if the Raiders cover the five and a half, then I win the week.
0: Right. For people that don't know what we're talking about, we play a game every week uh, where we pick five games against the spread and we assign a confidence uh, vote to it. Five being the game that we pick against the spread we're most confident in, one that we are least confident in. Uh, right. And there's five games, so you pick five, four, three, two, one, along with... Uh, the picking against the spread.
4: And Sedano has six points total.
0: I'm just letting you get started early. <laughs> I'm a, I, Well, I will say this. I am notoriously a slow starter to that stuff. And I have... Uh, That's what Kelly said. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I always come in in the end.
1: Yeah, so. She said that too. Fourth um, quarter, George. Two-point conversion is good. good. Flag. Yep. And now it's like 11-0.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. it's we had a five and a half point spread, so Greg is still in uh, is still in it. Yeah,
4: totally mm-hmm. fine. And I mean by the way, all of us took the Raiders five and a half, so everybody loses except for Laura. Laura's the only one that took the Saints.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: That is true. Girl power. That's true. You know it.
4: You, uh, so you so should all be rooting for the Raiders too.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm rooting for you to lose. Actually, I'm more entertained <laughs> See, by that. See why
4: why is this <laughs> why have I become that guy for you, L Z? Why did that happen? I know I George mean, feels that way. It's I get easy. that.
1: Yeah. Well, here here's the thing. If you're that guy for George, and you're that guy for Laura, and now you're that guy for me, it's not us.
2: Yeah.
4: I was that guy for Mason. I was that guy for Ireland. I,
1: well, exactly. It's a pattern. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. pattern, dog. It's you. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Sometimes you got to look in the mirror. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly.
1: You are, you are the Paul George of producers. <laughs> Ooh, God. That was just I mean. I mean, a lot of talent. Whoa. A, a lot, lot of, talent. of talent. A lot of talent. A lot of talent. But don't give any speeches, dog, at the end. Yeah. Speaking
0: of speeches, LZ, are you ready? <laughs> uh, do we have some like uh, like some eulogy music uh, for LZ, for Pastor Granderson uh, at, uh, as he gives his Clipper eulogy? We'll have that, and then we'll get into LeBron, uh, who had some strong comments about the MVP, and we'll ask you if he has a point. But first, Pastor Granderson, if you'd like to give your eulogy to the Los Angeles
1: Clippers, please go ahead, my brother. Thank you, Brother Sedano, Greg, Laura Morales, Keyshawn on the other side of the country, Travis, I could see you sipping on a cocktail on the OC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, kittens and puppins, peacocks and guppies. We're all gathered here today to say goodbye to one of the greatest paper champions of all times, A team so intimidating in theory, it's a small miracle that the Denver Nuggets even bothered to get on the floor to beat them three times in a row. Yes, people, I'm talking about your Los Angeles Clippers, though I think your Los Angeles Clippers is a bit aggressive. Somebody's Los Angeles Clippers is probably more accurate. Paul George said it best, which should already be a red flag for you. We need to run this back again. Yes, we do. Because I love laughing at their despair. I love laughing at their futility. I love laughing (laughs) at the fact that they thought this city was going to be theirs just because they had some stuff down on paper and didn't put in the blood, sweat, and tears to make paper a reality. So I stand before you here today as a person who's not sad. No, 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 no. I'm not saddened by this. Because I understand that the Lord works in mysterious ways. I understand that the universe... (laughs) The universe has a unit curse. And that unit curse has its eyes set on the Clippers. And until, until, until they make a clean break from the Sterling family, they're always going to be cursed. See, they try to have break. They said, you can still show up to the games, little lady, as long as you don't make yourself known. That's not saying we were wrong. That's saying we're trying to make both sides happy. But sometimes you can't make both sides happy. Sometimes you just need to make justice happy. And until the Clippers do that, until they make the wrong right, until they turn on the light for the darkness, until they put on just the right amount of hot sauce on their fish or fries, depending upon how you like to season your food, They're always going to be cursed. So I will leave you with this message today. The Los Angeles Lakers were up 16 and found themselves in a dogfight. But when you're a top dog, you come up on top of that fight. But when you have all bark and no bite, when you give them a 16-point lead, you end up home in game seven. And that's exactly what's happened to the Clippers. So I hope for their sake that they learn the lessons of their fraudulent ways. And finally tell Mrs. Sterling, you can't come back here no more because you're just as bad as your ex-hubby or current hubby. I don't really know what freak they got going on right now. Until they say fully goodbye to that family, they're always going to have a curse. You want to win the games? You want to be in the conference finals? Then do the right thing. Tell that family goodbye, for real and not for fate. Thank you, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, guppies and cuppies. That's Reverend Grandison with the word, with the eulogy for your, sorry, somebody's Los Angeles Clippers. Can ah. I get an amen? Amen. All right.
0: Excellent work, LZ. Excellent work. Uh, now, let's get on to the team that is playing in the conference finals. And good God, man. Um Look, before I get to the LeBron MVP stuff, because I thought that was interesting from over the weekend as well, Mm -hmm. do you – when I said earlier, and I'm curious to see if you agree, it it may be a bit of a loaded question, right? Because I think the way people frame it, I think, is a challenge sometimes. But you always hear about who is LeBron's best teammate. And I'm not going to frame it that way because that is a loaded question, right? Because it depends on how you view best. Do you view as most decorated – uh you know, do you view it as most talented, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but do you believe that this is the best fit as far as a teammate that LeBron James has ever had
1: um yeah in large part because you know all the other true number twos was Kevin Love and Chris Bosch was essentially then his number three um All the other number twos were perimeter-oriented like him, like to have the ball in his hands like him. AD, though he has perimeter skills, is a big man. And, George, I honestly, and I don't mean to throw shade or try and be 20-20 or anything like that with my hindsight, but I honestly felt from the very beginning, I couldn't understand why people thought that the Lakers were going to have a hard time adjusting with LeBron James and AD leading the way because I was like, You have a willing passer with an all-world big man. How is that difficult? The difficulty would be the Clippers, who have two guys who duplicate each other, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And I said that from the very beginning. Everyone who listens to the morning show knows that. Everyone who's got a podcast ability can go check me on my words. I said that from jump. The AD and LeBron were perfect together, and they weren't going to take any time at all to click, and I think we're seeing that now.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, they really are a perfect match in the way that they play. And I think it's fairly evident at this point that LeBron is an active participant in making sure that Anthony Davis takes that next step, right? Like, and I think that that is the one thing that LeBron didn't necessarily have in his legacy because, look, when he was with Wade and those guys, like, those guys were all peers. You know what I mean? Like, it's different. And they're similar age, right? All that stuff with Kyrie, there was always a rub there, uh, particularly on Kyrie's end, obviously. And and I think this is kind of the first time for LeBron to really have someone who he genuinely respects and and gets the respect back. That and they're not necessarily peers, like in regards to they were friends before this, right? Like with Wade and Chris. And he's he's gonna he can leave a legacy of helping mold Anthony Davis into the player we all expected him to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to your point, George, what he doesn't have in his resume is a player that you know people in the barbershop can look to and say, he helped get, make this guy a, an all-world player. And while Anthony Davis had all the talent in the world, he didn't have any postseason to really point to before mm-hmm. LeBron James. He's never made it this far. He's actually never had a 50-win season, a regular season, until he got with LeBron James. So as great as he was as an individual talent, being paired with LeBron James has just elevated everything for him. And it was also selfish, honestly, for LeBron to help AD get to where he needs to be because as great as he is, he's not going to beat Father Time. And just as Kareem needed magic, in order to switch over to help with you know, those last two chips, if LeBron James has any hope in the world of catching the number six in terms of championships, likely number six, if not number five, is going to be with him being the second best player on that team. That means he needs AD to be the best player, and he needs to get him ready to take that mantle, and we've been watching him groom AD like that since the very beginning.
0: Yeah, no, no question about it. Real quick, because we've got to run here very soon, because we're up against it, and the Sean McVay show is coming up next. Uh, the LeBron McVay. and the MVP stuff. Does he, ha- does he have a point is my question, but the only thing I would, I would push back on LeBron, while I, and again, I've said this numerous times, and so have you, I would have voted for him. Uh, we all know how you and I feel about Giannis. He's an extraordinary talent, but he's not a complete talent. LeBron is. Uh, but LeBron used the phrase about narrative voting And he didn't use that one right (laughs) because he is, in essence, the narrative vote in this particular situation. But I do agree with his ultimate point, which is that, you know, his point was that people go with the herd. You know what I mean? And the herd was statistically Giannis was having this tremendous season and people should vote with Giannis.
1: Well, they both had narratives. LeBron had his because he's 17 years in eight, or Giannis has his because you know he's the future, blah blah blah. But I, like you, George, felt as if Giannis's vote was driven by analytics and not Correct. the eyeball test. Yeah, and I'm an eyeball tester. I love analytics, I love the numbers to support, but I'm an eyeball tester. Giannis wasn't running no offense, dog. He was just an offensive talent. But he wasn't running it. LeBron is running-ish.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, MVP. It's right. Yeah, that, it's that simple. It's that simple as that. Hey, real quick, who wins the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't even know how long before we're back on.
1: <laughs> Celtics. Okay. As All long, right. as, as, long as, as Gordon is still healthy, we'll I think, see. We'll think see. we see he's a difference maker. All right,
0: we'll see. Um, Spoke bench Jimmy, by the way, at the end of that game, which I thought took huge, um, you know, coulions uh, to do that.
1: Is that Spanish?
0: Yes, sort of. Uh, anyway, before we, <laughs> before we go, LZ, great job as always. Thank you, sir. Raiders are down
1: 10-11, 10-0.
0: Great job, Greg, Laura. Thanks to Jeannie Bus. Subscribe to the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. See ya.